Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. listening to this earlier in the morning. What is this? This is Dynamite. What is this? This is Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. New album about to come out. This is great. It's called Mind Your Manner. I like this Miles guy. He's been doing a world tour. Yeah. He's still putting out original new solo album music. Slash, ladies and gentlemen. And essentially, this song's about being a world famous rock star. And it's about a woman who kind of ruined her chance. Really? Yeah, it's like, mind your man. Nah, never mind. Mind your manners now. I'm done with you. It's like, damn, that's hard. I like this one. I like the power of it. It's good song. Yeah, it's good. It's good in driving. I just want to tell folks from the get-go, this show brought to you by Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. A real estate agent. But I and said fantastic knew. human being. Incredible human being. Get great taste in food. No more, he's a pizza connoisseur. Is he really? Yeah, he knows his pizza. He knows his Zah, man. And I've had a beer and a slice with him multiple times now. Great guy to just sit and a little chit-chat and we'll talk about the world. But he's also over those beer and pizza sit-downs. Taught me a little bit about, well, how I can build my future. Whether it's stop renting and buy a place because it'll be cheaper, number one, than continuing to rent, but it's also a tax write-off. That didn't go away with the new tax bill. And just generally the idea that you own your own home and you can do what you want with your home. I love that idea. Paint it whatever color you want. But then there's the other angle of it's an investment, and it's how I believe Eddie changed his own life by investing in real estate and homes and turning them into rental properties. And I heard you talking earlier today, Aaron, about the Goodson Group. That's right. And if you are looking to maybe buy some properties here in Montgomery and turn them into an investment, into a rental property with everybody and all the turnover with the Air Force Base, it is a genius move. And if you don't want to go through the hassle of managing it yourself as a landlord, that is why Eddie Bader is with the Goodson Group. The Goodson Group can manage it for you. But whether you're looking to invest in rental property or you're looking to buy your own home like a first-time buyer like myself, don't let ignorance hold you back. Don't let it make you feel stuck in an apartment or another rental house. Or you're looking to sell your home and move into something bigger because that family is continuing to grow. I know my guest tonight, Baron Coleman, owes all about growing families. <laughs> Give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call, 322 
322-0662. Again, that number, 322-0662. I should have called Eddie Bader years ago. I know, man. Great, yeah. great human being. And that guy's awesome. No, it, it really is great when we find uh, sponsors that I actually enjoy hanging out right, with. Right, right. And he's, he's teaching me about how I need to get away. What does that mean? He, he Where are you going? Because he's been listening for years. He's like, take a vacation, Joey. Where you well, want to go? I don't know. He's been pushing me towards Jamaica. But, uh, Jamaica mistaken. Hey, yeah. listen, listen. He doesn't know the radio business. He's in real estate. He works hard. He does work hard He doesn't know estate. that... We don't need vacations. No. We <laughs> get to have fun almost all the time. Every day's a holiday when you it's work in radio. It's a lot of fun. You get to sun your butt and talk. I know. It's it's such fun. But uh, today, this is why it's so much fun. There are, um, there are people, Baron, on the internet, social media in particular. I was looking at what people were doing. Like, I just put in a few general search terms into the Book of Faces. And, yeah. see, and they have the section now, what are people saying? Not just... I've not seen that. What's Baron saying? What's Joey saying? Who are these people? What's Susie and Bob? It just says, what are people saying? Mm. And it's just a bunch of statuses based on the term you put in. And, man, I have to tell you, I was shocked. That how many people are disagreeing and fighting with each other on social media? <laughs> on it's Facebook, just, what? It's just contentious. What? It's downright contentious. Why can't we all just get along? Why can't we get along? It's not human nature. Yeah, it's human just, nature is conflict and domination and and savagery and and subjugation. Getting along is not human nature. That's the opposite of human nature. You know, and sometimes people don't get my sense of humor. Like somebody, and I I love this person, but somebody messaged me, "What's going on on social media today? That made you post that." I'm like, it's a joke. People are always fighting on social media. They're always disagree. That's what it is for. Right. It's not to show off your children. It's not to show off your pets or your new car or... You don't think? No, it's not for your poorly framed selfie video. Hey, how, here's the question I've had. How many pictures of a person or a scene do you think the average person takes before they select the one to put on? Ooh. So when you see somebody put a selfie, they just snapped a selfie and put it on Facebook, how many pictures do you think they the took? The average person? The average... Just what people do? <clears throat> yeah, not what Baron does. No, no, I mean, just I, people. I might take two or three and pick the best. I'll, I'll take... Usually it just takes two. Yeah. I mean, but you're a good-looking man. You don't have problem with some people. Right. No, I think I have a weird face. Really? Yeah. Why? I got this Polish nose. It's very prominent. I got a big old German nose. We probably come from the same region. Probably. It just, I don't know. That's why we're on radio. It feels like it's too forward. Like, <laughs> my nose is just like, look at that creep with this big honker. Like, it's just too much. It's too much. But I did see something in particular on social media today that people are up in arms about. And I think it goes to how much of a free country is this? It goes back to something. It's not that new. I want to lay this out first. I've brought this up before, but I love H.L. Mencken. He was writing in the 20s that as much as America talks about freedom and liberty and justice for all and all these independent thinking, rugged individualism, he's saying in the 20s, no, America is a country of right thinking and conformity and having the, the fashionable opinion. And that's continuing to this day. But it's now caught up in, like, causes. Back then it was caught up in causes, too. But uh, apparently, last night, well, a man that this song could very well be about, uh, he took to the stage. He took to the stage. 
Louie Louie. Louis C.K. And this is the exact perfect headline that I, I this is where I, people, not so-and-so was, not the, the accusers of Louie, not the people he, you know, exposed himself and pleasured himself in front of. No, people are not so happy or not happy that Louis C.K. did stand-up again. There's like four sexual innuendos in that headline. I know. <laughs> well, no. Stand up, happy. Well, and then they did another one where it said Louis C.K. Uh, made his comeback, but it, people are thinking he came back too soon. <laughs> I'm just like, of course he did. Yeah. You should have seen him. Hey. Uh, that creeps masturbating. Like, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Louis C.K. got a raw deal. Uh, of all the Me Too movement, I think he Louis, got a raw deal. He got the rawest of the raw deals. Yeah. Listen, yeah. two grown ass women got drunk with him and went up to his hotel room. Now, if you go up to the hotel room of a famous guy, mm -hmm. what do you think is about to happen? We're going to talk about comedy. No, we're going to talk about how to craft the perfect joke. No, somebody's going to take their pants off and get the party started. Louis just took his pants off and got the party started. Wow. Wow. If if two girls Spoken go up, like a man. If two girls go up to the hotel of a famous person yeah. and there's been alcohol involved, pants are coming off. Somebody there's the anticipation of all parties are that pants are coming off. Mm -hmm. Now you may not like the order in which they came off. You might not like what happened when they came off, but you can't act shocked that pants came off. You just can't. Well, what if you were hanging out with a famous per like say a famous politician? And he's not a politician. He's a, a I entertainer. Know he's, no, and it's that's different. No, Entertainers about a famous entertainer. <laughs> Let's say you're hanging out with Louis. <laughs> well, and you're having some drinks. You're having a great. I can't believe I'm hanging out with Louis C.K. This is before the you know allegations and yeah. And he admitted to it, and he said, "I'm sorry." Yeah. This whole thing. Um, but imagine you're hanging out with Louis, mm -hmm. yeah. and you're you're having some drinks like gin. Yeah, yeah. love gin. Gin's great. And he's like, you want to come up to the room and we'll, like, we'll hang out some more, bro? No, brother. see, no, uh-uh. Right then, I would think he's, a, he's coming on to me. Oh, really? Listen, listen. <laughs> you don't go to people's hotel, hotel rooms, room. period. Yep. Pants are coming off. There's no other rational explanation. No, there's actually, no rather rational expectation. I haven't told this yet, but I was at that conference in Atlanta a few months yeah. back, and I, I met this awesome young woman. But in the course of talking to her, I was attracted to her, but in the course of talking to her for like an hour, find out she's she has sapphic tendencies. Well, not tendencies, she is a lesbian. Right. And so, like, everybody kind of is hanging around, like, we're going to go up to the, the restaurant up top, the real nice one. I'm like, cool. And then she goes, we got I need to go to my room real quick. And I was just walking with her. And we, like, stepped into her room for a second. She grabbed what she needed to grab and turned, like, I think something like mouthwash. I don't know what it was. She ran into her room real quick. I was standing inside the room in the threshold of the door, walked back out, went to the restaurant. And later, somebody asked me, he's like, did y'all do anything? I'm like, no. We didn't. It was a quick one hit. And I already knew about her tendency. Mm -hmm. So, But there was a presumption. And I think the person who asked me that had every right to ask that. Why would you go to a stranger's hotel room together? Hotel rooms are for sleeping mm -hmm. in both their contexts. <laughs> All right? <laughs> If you're in a hotel room with somebody, you're sleeping with them in one of two ways. Mm -hmm. Or the expectation should be there. Period. Yeah. 
especially if you're, you know, grown people and strangers. Well, and then, and especially if there's yeah. been alcohol involved. Well, and but if I, I, I say a guy's under the impression because she came up to my room, we're right. going to do some stuff. Right. Louis, once he started performing. Uh, in front of it's them, a loose word. They the reports went. They laughed, yeah, and screamed a little bit. That's right. They, see, it and was, then they left. They didn't like the order in which it happened. That's what I'm saying. They went up there with the expectation something was going to happen. I can assure you, they weren't just talking comedy. No, this is a famous a comic, Baron Coleman, in his whole. This is somebody room. they look. Up to. It's called a hotel for a reason. Hotel. <laughs> Motel? No, 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 no. Hotel. <laughs> Listen, it's called a hotel for a reason. And he went up there. I just think they were turned off by his approach. And so they laughed. It is and they a got weird approach. Hey, look, it's, 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 hey, it's as bored as my nose. I can assure you it's worked for him before. I can assure you Louis yeah. C.K. has pulled that trick off. Well, and he did a lot of other creepy stuff where he was talking with professional colleagues like on the phone and they could tell he was you know hang up servicing himself hang up yeah and it's Louis like especially in a, like on a set it's like come on man but it's also like he didn't do anything illegal no number one no and like in his own room like when he did that in his own room they laughed right he didn't track him down he didn't rape him and that was he the, didn't tie him to the bed no that was the end of it some of them might like that oh my sir <laughs> how dare you tell the truth <laughs> How dare you tell the truth? Listen, jury. listen. I, I think Louie got a raw deal. I'm glad he's back in comedy. He's hilarious. But here, let's give the full context here. Here's the apology Louie wrote about a, less than a year ago. These yeah. stories are true. At the time, I said to myself that what I did was okay because I never showed a woman my membership. He didn't <laughs> use that. Without asking first, which is also true. He asked for. He asked first. But what I learned later in life, too late, is that when you have power over another person, asking them to look at your <laughs> isn't a question. It's a predicament for them. They were in his hotel room, Joe. The power I had over the... This is Louis' own words. The power I had over these women is that they admired me. And I wielded that power irresponsibly I don't know the time goes on because apparently the headline is people are not happy that Louis CK did stand up again <laughs> I love that headline just people <laughs> people aren't happy but less than a year after these allegations and that quote from Louis he returned to the stage for an unannounced set in New York City the comedy cellar delivered a 15 minute performance on Sunday and the comedy club's owner apparently said it's normal Louis stuff. Apparently, he got a standing ovation for multiple Read people. the headline again, but put the emphasis on the word up instead of stand. Because you're saying stand up. Do, do it on up. People are not happy that Louis C.K. did stand up again. He's standing up. Yeah, They're not happy oh, about oh, it. Man, that was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> well, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Those um, girls thought the same thing. It was a stretch. It was. Well. Hey, look, I'm glad he's back in the action. I think a lot of these Me Too people got a raw deal. Uh, they're obviously sexual assault in the world is terrible it shouldn't happen uh but i think a lot of 
otherwise innocent conduct got swept up in this thing. People are allowed to hit on people, for crying out loud. Right. And if you hit on somebody and they don't like it, then they can tell you to buzz off and leave your hotel room. They can, te- they can hang up the phone in your face. They can say, Louie, not at work, that's gross. And right. you, just, you just live and learn and you respect it. Exactly. But, but this whole idea that, well, he hit on me three times. Well, okay. Did you, you know? Did you say no? And then what happened? He he, did, he, he walked away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So uh, there is a bit of a pearl clutching going on. Like, well, it it comes back to this idea that people are incapable. Like, I was so bedazzled by somebody's fame that like I just didn't even know what happened, even though I left. Yeah. I, but here's the thing: people were saying, and this is what I mean: people. Who are these people? Who are these people? To sound like Seinfeld. If the people in the comedy club are laughing at his 15-minute set, they give him a standing ovation, they're happy to see him back. Are we just now going to go to, oh, let's go to Twitter and find a bunch of people (laughs) who are upset? It's lazy journalism. Lazy journalism. You know, they used to have to go out and they had to interview people that would get, you know, uh... Data. They had to look yeah. all around. They had to. They had to. They'd actually have to craft a, a really interesting narrative. Now they just. Yeah. Now they go rob like eight people's tweets or right. Facebook posts, and they put them in the in some website, and they call that a piece, a story. Well, and I just love some of the responses, though. To his credit, Michael Ian Black. I don't know. He's a uh, he's a comedian. comedian. Yeah, and he's pretty left wing, um, as most people are in that scene. He said, "We'll take heat for this." But people have to be allowed to serve their time and move on with their lives. I don't know if it's been long enough. Hedging there. I don't know if it's been long enough. Or if his, I think he means, or if his career will recover. I think it will. Or if people will have him back. But I'm happy to see him, Louis C.K., try. And somebody responded to that. It seems I missed the part where Louis C.K. served his time. I just remember him living quietly as a millionaire for less than a year. But but crime for what? He didn't. He, I mean, time for what? He didn't do a crime. Right. Louis C.K. hit on women in a manner that they weren't comfortable with. He right. didn't. He didn't grab them. There's no allegations. The same he thing with him. Aziz Ansari. Let me tell you, the average woman in America who's attractive at work gets grabbed. On a weekly basis, you touch probably, and I would say that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen at all. No, yeah. I mean it's it's, tra- it's a travesty. It, but it, it happens. But it happens. Yeah. He didn't even do that, right? And he is rich and famous. It's because he's rich and famous. But no, but what I'm saying is he could have done that, right? Well, he could have been grabbing women. He could have been. But but every story that came out about him was, well, he's a little weird, but he's respectful about it. Yeah, and actually, when I heard the story initially, less than a year ago. Uh, like wait, is this like a, a Louis episode, like a television yeah, episode? Right, right. It seems like a plot of one of his TV shows. Kind of, yeah. It really does. He because a lot of his stand-up act, people go, "Oh, now I can't watch his kind of creepy, weird act because he is actually kind of creepy and weird." But where did you think it came from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's this normal stand-up, like yeah. square person, and then he's only weird on stage. Give me a no, now a lot of entertainment is is theater. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. A lot of th- a lot of rap music. I mean, a lot of these 
well, someone was pointing out the other day, one of these uh, guys from Wu-Tang went to Brown University. Yeah. Tupac oh, yeah. went to like a high-end performing arts school in Baltimore. And, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of it's theater. The whole thug life oh, of thing. Of course. A lot of the, the, the playboy image and, and, and sex fiend image, a lot of that's theater. It's not real. Yeah. They're doing it to sell a version of themselves. A lot of these new country acts that are coming up and act in a certain way, it's all theater. I get yep. that. But comedy comes from a place. Yes, and even if it might be exaggerated on stage... It comes from a place. It definitely comes from somewhere. Yeah. Well, and this is just too rich, Baron. People, but we're going to put names to it, because people are not happy. They're yeah. upset. Uh, You're torn <laughs> up over this story. <laughs> you are torn up. No, I think it's... The reason I'm torn up about it, and that's not exactly the right word, I think this is a perfect example of the outrage culture and there were, i was and i'm i make no bones about it i love joe rogan's podcast he done neil uh, degrasse tyson the outspoken physicist near uh, astrophysicist and i don't always like stuff especially politically what tyson says i'd love to have a great debate with him because in one breath he says we need more funding from the government but oh man all these people that are running the government are just ignorant of science like well there you go neil maybe you don't want the ignorant people funding you yeah but he used to do these things where he would correct, Tyson would correct movies, like the science of movies. And he said, I've stopped doing it because, Joe, about 20% of the people who, you know, read it, you react really negatively. And I don't want the, the negative reaction. And Rogan looks at him and goes, 20, what, what people are these 20%? <laughs> who are these people? Like, how, what's your sample yeah. size? It's Twitter, man. Yeah. And this is where it's like, when did everybody become important? It, I, I get that we all have a vote, yeah. but when did everybody deserve... I've been savaged by the Twitter mob a few times, uh, once pretty intensely, um, over something I said about a protest march over in, in Virginia that was pretty savage. Uh, and, you know, the phones light up at work, and they send emails to the boss, and they, they put negative reviews on the Facebook pages, and we have to lock all that for a while. You know, it, it the, the outrage mob can feel much more intense than it is, but, you know, in my non-radio life, exactly. we do public relations for people. And one of the things we talk to people about when they're going through a crisis is how to manage the mob. And managing the mob is actually, like, crisis... I'll, I'll destroy the whole industry right now. Crisis communication in the year 2018 can come down to one piece of advice. Okay. Hold your breath for 24 hours. Come up to the surface, look around. If it's still bad, go back down for another 24 hours. After 48 hours, there's like a 95% chance you're going to be fine. Just don't say anything or do anything in that Wait, 24 hours. I'm going to say it. Wait, have you been advising the Pope? <laughs> no, uh, that's a totally different piece. I, of oh, well, I know too. Yeah. That's not a PR. That, that problem. guy's a, that guy's a bad pope. He needs to be. He needs that's to be not a PR problem. That's uh, stop aiding and betting stop, actual stop, criminals. Stop covering up child sex. I mean, yeah. the, the, the the Catholic Church right now is in crisis. The Pope is leading. The, uh, I know you're not going to take this turn on the radio, but I do want to say this since you brought it up. Yeah, he's a lousy pope. He's a bad pope, and he needs to be gone. Well, I hated his opinion on economics and politics. That's irrelevant. The, the cover well, up nobody the child sex on is too much. Well, no, and I last week, the last two weeks, I've been talking about this. Yeah, and it, I've had trouble because it makes me sick. Yeah, and having been raised in the Catholic Church, I know a lot of people. Even though I consider myself an atheist these days, I don't look at people in the Catholic Church as though I'm wiser or better. I look at people in the church, especially locally, people that run businesses around here. Yeah, I saw sure. one I've known since I was a kid. 
running a restaurant here, who's good friends with my uncle, who is a priest in the Catholic Church. And I see these people, and they do great things for the community, for one another, and to have the figurehead now of your church behaving in this way, it's despicable, it's yeah. disgusting. It's disheartening. And then, of course, it becomes political. Now, conservatives are trying to out Francis and just like... God, no, let's Politics is, is touching everything. It, it really is, because the guy needs to go. And it's so funny. because It's like we mentioned John McCain today on, on, on my show from 9 to noon. Listen, you, you go back and read the same people praising him now. These guys were savaging him, yeah. calling him a Nazi and a war criminal and a wuss. There were like 10 different people on the record associated with the Obama campaign that were making fun of him for getting shot down and captured, saying that doesn't make him a war hero. Well, right. that's the thing that... Trump did that was supposedly so despicable. Everybody's drawing lines on all these major issues. I mean, I'm sorry, child sex shouldn't be political. No, it shouldn't. It should be wrong, shouldn't and anybody be. who covers it up should be criticized. I don't care if you're a socialist or communist or, or friendly to these kooks on the left or not. Yeah. The same people who should be outraged about child sex are defending this guy because they like his political positions on social economic issues. And it's disgusting. It's gross. And I, again, I don't want to get into it, but it's just gross. Well, but I, I want to leave and hit this break by because we're talking about people. Just who are, when you think of the mob, and, and great advice, by the way. That's how I, I've never dealt with it, like given, done a PR campaign. Yeah. But that's exactly my approach. It's like, they'll forget about it in yeah. a little bit. But I'll say this, having gone through it myself, it's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to go under for 24 hours, come back up, go back under for 24 hours, come back up. It's now, hard. Have you seen anybody ever... Just like Alexander driving towards Darius, the wedge of his cavalry straight at the emperor. Just go right into the fray and win. Like, without fear, look at the mob and go, I don't care what you think. Yeah, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States. Sometimes it works the other way. Geotis, God Emperor. You gotta have, You gotta have the brand. He had the brand. He did have the brand, but I, you know, I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't vote for Hillary. I didn't vote for anybody. Should have, uh, should have voted for Trump. Maybe. You'll regret that one day. No. Nah, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, when Trump saves this republic, you'll look back and say, I sat on the sidelines. I'm sorry, kids. Maybe. <laughs> I'm telling you, Joey, you My will. plan, Baron, to quote a great author, is never to have children, only grandchildren. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, I know. I'm still figuring out the mechanics of that. Yeah. But... Speaking of children and grandchildren, I didn't get an invite for Couples Week. I'm sorry, I changed the subject. You didn't get an invite. I didn't for get an invite week. for Couples Week. You had all these Blue Water employees. You had would you like to bring your lovely wife? Yeah, one day. Yeah, I am more than welcome. I was just after three nights of engaged uh, and married couples in a yeah. row. I was starting to feel like a cynical bachelor a hole, like third wheeling night after night. Like, oh, well, I didn't mean to bring and it. And I didn't want to... Don't worry about it. Because they're lovely couples. They're great people. But sure. I didn't want to be like the guys going, hey, look at you. Because I have this in me. Like, it's a terrible thing. Like, when I talk to people at these conferences or I go to bomb hours. Or yeah, I go, yeah. And I, ask somebody, I genuinely ask them, what do you do? And they tell me their job. There's a part of my brain that goes, yeah, you do that. Oh, you're in real estate development. <laughs> sure you are. Sure you're great <laughs> at it. And I know that's bad. Like and I don't try to give in to that. Never part mind. Of it. I'm not bringing my wife up here. I don't. I don't need this stress and pressure. Give me some time. Yeah. Well, please. Just, just give me some time. Yeah. But I. I want to get this out because again, we're talking about who are the people. Yeah. And one of the people upset about <laughs> Louis is, uh, I'd imagine, 
I don't know if she's married or not, but Miss Weiner, Anthony Weiner, no Jennifer Weiner. I don't know who Jennifer Weiner is, but she has a Twitter account, and wow, thirty six hundred people liked her post. She said, I wish all the people crying so Louis C.K. can never work in comedy again felt as strongly about all the women who could never work in comedy again. Why, why can't women work in comedy again? Because no. they're not funny? And it's what Dave Chappelle said in his special. She, he said, you know, the Louis thing? Like, she said, when, when I saw Louis do that, it broke my spirit to be in comedy. And Dave's simple response is, word? <laughs> I remember that. I was waiting on it. You delivered it well. Like, it's just... <laughs> like, do people not have agency and know that the world is a weird, complicated, messy place? Everybody's and- looking for an excuse for being a failure. Very few people are willing to man up and get over it. And and when you're a failure and Louis C.K. said something to you or you were on the fringe of comedy success and you didn't make it, you didn't cut the mustard, you didn't have the chops, you weren't funny... You couldn't stand up there with a straight face and deliver your bits, and you can blame Louie. It's better than blaming yourself. I'll it's suggest, easier. I'll suggest this. Louie being in that position he was, by the way, even though he's famous and you might love him and he has all this money, when he's in that position, knowing and looking at Louie, he's in a very vulnerable place at that moment. He's not in a, he's not in a powerful Not a good-looking man. Uh, you're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Baron Coleman here in studio. We'll be right back after this. Joey Clark. early 90s rock you don't hear anymore. Like real rock and roll. I know. You just don't hear powerful guitar work anymore. And Slash brings it, man. Yeah, of course he does. He's Slash. He brings his real name. I don't know. I'm looking him up. I like to think he was came out of the womb, Slash. I can assure you he Before didn't. they even named him, there he goes, I'm Slash! What <laughs> is everybody doing he came out with a guitar to say, no. Saul Hudson. Okay. I see why he goes by Slash. I do too. Because <laughs> Saul Hudson in a top hat with long curly hair in the same as Slash. Oh, man. Uh, it's a good album. It's a new one uh, called, hmm, 
Living the Dream is the name of the album. That song we just played, Driving Rain. And the band he's with is Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. That's the name of the band? Yeah. Or that's the, Slash that's... With featuring Miles oh, okay. Kennedy and the Conspirators. Are they the band on the whole album? Yeah. He doesn't rotate bands or anything? Exactly. It's, it's a band he's been with. I think he did his last solo album with them before he started doing this reunion tour with did you like uh, Did you like Velvet Revolver and Snake Pit and all that? I did like Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver is great. I still listen to them from time to time. Did you like Slash's Snake Pit? I don't know if I listened to much of that. Uh, I think they just had one album. Uh, I don't think I caught them. It was okay. It wasn't nearly as good as Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver was fantastic. Man, I almost cursed there. Fan effing fantastic is almost what I said. <laughs> well, you got a six second, a four second now, dump yeah. it. Yeah. You notice that? They but, I, it to four? I, but if I say it, I know I'll have to dump it, and it just feels so. Because that, that's actually how people talk when and, they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. But, you, know, per, you know, it's too early. It's you know, hey, hey, you know what? Yeah. And I've thought about this. Mm hmm. We could do an overnight show up here. Oh, really? Yeah. But you know how people feel about their coast-to-coast. I know. We, I'm not talking upset listeners if we take off coast-to-coast. I'm coast. not talking about weeknight, but I think if we did a Saturday night overnight one night, yeah, or if we did like a uh, a Friday started midnight Saturday morning and went till 5 a.m. or something, yeah. a couple bottles of gin. I like where your some, mind's uh, going. Yeah, just had some fun up here. Because mm. really, at that hour, it doesn't really matter what you say. Nobody, a, a nobody's listening. B, the fines are nothing that time of night. <laughs> so you say whatever's on your mind. Wow, that's dangerous for me. Let me tell you. That is dangerous. We'd have to run me. it by the buttery one. Oh, of course. I'm not going to do that. But let me. We, and we could have uh, fellow cast members from, from the, uh, the, the station up here. We could just, you know. I'm not going to stick my nose out that far. I mean, my neck out that far. No, I will. I'll mention it. No, mention it. I'll mention it because I, I would, love to, I would love to. Let me tell you. I think. Some of the regular listeners and callers would want to participate in that program. Really? Wait, they use words that we want to use too? No, no, no. I'm not talking about saying foul things. I'm just saying uh, I think people would want to hear like a multi-hour adult topic conversation at midnight on a Friday night. They're up anyway. Yeah. You know, the most fun show I ever had up here, period. I mean, yeah. this is in four plus years. The best, most loose, fun show. You were part of it at the beginning, and then you got up and left. Oh, oh well, that's when I kicked you out. You kind of kicked me the, out. Uh, the night of the debate. Mm-hmm. We came up here and recapped the debate for two hours, and people were loose when they were calling in at 8 o'clock oh, at night. I know. That's I why I it. think we need a live 6 to 9 show. I like it. PM. I would love to do a live 6 to 9 show. Yeah, because by 7, 8 o'clock, people got a cocktail or two in them. Yeah. They're sitting on the back porch. You know, got a little Stogalicious going. and You can feel the buzz in Montgomery after you sunset. Can. You can feel it. Ah, oh, you can. Yeah, it's a, the city comes alive. And then at about 10, everything shuts down. Uh, let's go back to the phones and talk to, well, to the phones for the first time. Randall, what's up, man? Uh, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Randall's what's the proud you? owner of a new hat. What's, I gave him a hat. What's today. wrong with your phone, man? Oh... Uh, Listen to Brandon those times. Oh, man, he's, his phone's all messed up. Randall, call back. You know the number. 272-9228. For those who don't know it, News Talk, who's this? You're on there. Hey, this is Bill. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Doing good. How you doing, Joey? I'm great tonight. I like when Barry's uh, on the show. It just flows great. He's a professional. It just, it, it's just constant conversation. Some pithy bond mocks when we're on together. I think that's the reason we enjoy it. Well, we're just getting warmed you up, know. and it's seventy-five percent over. That's what. That's oh, what I'm that's saying. That's the sad part. We can stay till nine. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> do we have to go to the seven o'clock show? Yeah. I think <laughs> <you know. laughs> 
<laughs> you well, should have seen the look at the feet the in Joey's face. <laughs> I'm you kidding. Know, I'm not taking a Rusty in the show. And I don't know. It just ain't working. Well, I don't Rusty does a good Rusty job. Rusty does a good job putting yeah. that together. Very, very good job. Yeah, they do a good job, but it's, it's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in just rattling. And I want to rattle about something. Okay. On the national news, there was a nine-year-old boy that committed suicide. Oh, good Lord. Because he was gay. Good Lord, man. Now, tell me something. At nine years old, did you even know whether you was a boy or a girl or what gay was or anything else? I knew it was a boy. And like, well, that's my idea. I, I mean, I've talked about this before, but the first naked woman I ever saw on, on ever saw was uh, what? Kate Winslet in Titanic. Yeah, yeah. And like, I draw me believe, like one of your French girls. I cannot believe you were nine when that came. Yeah, out. I was pretty ninety five, so I was no, I had to be like seven. I was in college, and I maybe saw. God, I didn't I see what right when it was produced, so I was probably about eight or nine. And I came out ninety seven, and obviously I, was, I just got into college. I. I didn't hit puberty early, but I do remember at nine years old going, I kind of like this for some reason. Hey, listen. I am fascinated by it. I, Bill, I had a girlfriend in third grade. Actually, I had, ba- listen, man, I had a girlfriend that was kind of like first, second grade girlfriend. Her name wow. was, uh, there are two of them. It's a cool story. Uh, one of them moved away. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of them was named J.C. Phelps, and she was the daughter of my mom and dad's best friends. So my mom and dad hung out with J.C.'s parents. So we were together as young kids. We were sort of boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, sat next to each other, smiled and all that. But we were really, really young. Second girl at that age was a girl named Heidi Brewer. Here's a cool story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'll do it quickly because I know it's late. Um, I'm practicing law my first or second year in Montgomery. So this had been like 2006, 2007. Okay. Sitting down. It's late in the afternoon on a Friday. Phone rings. I'm the only lawyer there. There's like seven lawyers in the firm. It's late on a Friday. I'm the last guy that they hired, so I'm the only guy there. Sure. Secretary comes in and says, hey, girl on the phone, she's crying. She needs to talk to a lawyer. Will you pick up? So I pick up. I need to talk to a lawyer right now. I'm downtown. Where's your office? So I can kind of guide her in like a sure. like a navigational guy. She parks, comes in, sits down, tells me her story. She's getting screwed over at work, getting fired. You know, she got a, a discrimination complaint. I said, well, we don't really handle that kind of stuff. Uh, I can refer you to somebody who does. Right. What's your name? Or I said, where, where are you from? Your accent's not from here. She says, I'm from Indiana, a little town you've never heard of. And I said, well, where is it? She says, right outside Indianapolis. I said, I'm from right outside of Indianapolis. And she's like, well, it's a little dinky town no one's ever heard of. I said, what is it? She said, Greenfield. I said, I'm from Greenfield. Good Lord. And I said, how old are you? And she says, I think I was like 26 at the time. Yeah. I was a kid, you know. And I said, uh, I said, well, I'm, she said, I'm 26. I said, I'm 26. And uh, she said, who are you? Oh, no. And I said, I'm Baron Coleman. And she said, hang on a second. She opens her phone to her region's bank app. Yeah. And she shows me on her phone where it says the security question, who was your childhood crush? Oh. And it said Baron Coleman. And I looked at her and I said, I said, who are you? And she goes, I'm Heidi Brewer. (laughs) I hadn't seen this girl in 20 years. I was in love with her in second or third grade. I say all that to say, Bill, yes, I knew I was heterosexual in third grade. I was in love with Heidi Brewer. Well, no, and my, uh, I haven't ever told this, but my first kiss with a girl. Hmm. Preschool. What? Five years Get old. Bad. And it was we, Man, it was so adorable. It I was, bet it was adorable. It, because we're like sitting on one of these cots and to keep it like incognito, we put a blanket over one another. No kidding. <laughs> so it's like, you know, sitting, you know Joey. At the time we called it Indian style. Now PC it's crisscross applesauce. So we're sitting that kind of across each other under a blanket. So very incognito and went No, Joey preschool? <laughs> yeah, preschool. Do you remember her name? 
I think her name is Carolyn. I think and her name I, is Carolyn. And if I remember, I do remember. Yeah. Do you really? Don't I say it. it. Yeah. She probably lives around here. Heidi Brewer. No. Heidi Brewer doesn't anymore because she got fired from her job in Montgomery that she came to talk to me about. <laughs> <laughs> Did she have a case? No, I don't think so. Oh, no. That was my advice. But we're still in love, though. No, but I back to the story you brought up, Bill. In all seriousness, um, I, I think really. people do know pretty early, and I'd imagine that kid was growing up in a rural part of the country. And you know, I've joked about it on air. Like you'll see, like I'll be, I'll watch one of these singing competition shows, like The Voice, and this guy. You know, they always tell their story to begin with. Like if I was going to go on The Voice, I would like cry a little bit and go, my mom died three years ago of brain cancer. Of course. And that's yeah. why I'm singing tonight. Yeah. Not because that's I want right. a lot of money and fame. Right. I'm doing it for my mom. Yeah. And so, a lot of times, you'll see somebody come on, guy who's flamboyant, and I'm like, oh, I already know the story. It's like, I grew up in Kentucky, and I always knew I was a little different, and I got picked on, and I joke about that stuff, but it is an absolute shame um, that somebody feels they have to take their own life because if they yeah. genuinely feel that way, that is utterly tragic. Shouldn't happen. Um, and how should? How would he know about taking his own life? I mean, really? Right. Yeah, but with the internet, man, movies, kids, kids, kids grow up. I knew a lot of things yeah. at, at nine nine years old. Now, granted, I had older siblings. That my, my brother yeah. one day yeah. he comes in. He says, um, he says, uh, it's my stepbrother. He says he's probably I don't know. I, I was maybe eight. So he was he would have been like twenty two. He was getting ready to go into medical school. And he came in, he said, uh, you wanna ride to the airport with me? It's when we lived in Indianapolis. And I said, Sure, yeah, why? Why are we going to the airport? He said, I gotta pick up a shipment of cocaine. So I was like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> so so I go to my mom, I was like, Can I ride to the airport with Dave? She's like, Yeah, what are you going to the airport for? And I said, He's gotta pick up a shipment of cocaine. David! <laughs> David! <laughs> you learn a lot at a young age. <laughs> yeah, I think you learn more now, especially a lot more now than we did. And I'm a lot older than you guys. So, you know, I'm 63. So, you know, back then it was cooties. Yeah. Up well, to we, a certain age. We had that too. Yeah, well, the, but, uh, the trick is, like, you, you think there is such a thing as cooties when you're little. When you start to get a little older, you go, nah, that cootie stuff is a yeah. bunch of crap. And then you go to college, yeah. and you start having a few one-night stands, you realize, cooties are real! Cooties are real! Cooties, <laughs> cooties are very real! They're very real! <laughs> <laughs> and they require four months of antibiotics. They're very real! <laughs> and this is the reason I like your show. <laughs> you guys have a great night. Thank you. You too, Bill. Oh, man. Yeah, that's... Tragic. Uh, in this day and age, it does. I because I am, you know, I joke, and I think the left goes way too far with the privilege conversation. Is why I make jokes about it. But I also make jokes because there's something to it. If there's a little gay kid and he feels like he has to take his own life, that should never happen. It's ridiculous and sad. Apparently, my mother is listening. Oh, good lord! Because she said I did not sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I remember. Wait, mom. what's your mom's name? Joyce. Hi, Joyce. How you doing? Oh, I told you the story about you, right? No. Did I tell you about the story my mom, like, nailed you? No, 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 no. Well, then I don't remember it. Hashtag me too. <laughs> my mom was telling me that she's like, I want to know what Joey looks like. So I was like, I'll show you a picture. And I was like, well, well hang on. First, what do you think Joey looks like? Oh, wow, you played that game. Yeah. She's like, uh, he probably has longer hair, dark hair, mm -hmm. maybe a beard, good-looking mm -hmm. guy, kind of fit. Big nose. 
She didn't mention a Polish nose, yeah. but she's German. She got a big German nose, so, so it's just it's, it's just it's like a fish, wash, like a fish in water. They don't yeah. know they don't know they're in yeah, water. Big nose. That's what everybody has. And so I said, "Hold on, let me show you." She looks up. Ooh, Joey, nailed it. I mean, per, she's like, "That's exactly what I thought he looked like." So apparently, wow. you sound just like you look. Well, hello, Joyce. <laughs> Get out of my mind. <laughs> Get out of my head. Get into my car. She said, "Hi, Joey." Oh wow! Oh, I love my mom. Can can we continue with this? So we- no, no, you may not. In fact, hi Joey was the end of the damn discussion. All right, it's my mom. Guys, back off. She yeah. said I did not nail him. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, and you won't. Oh wow! <laughs> my mom's got a good sense of humor. We still got seven minutes left. I don't know where to go from here. We're done. We're done talking about Nell and Joey. No, but like I brought up the Louis thing earlier because I knew Louis would come back. Yeah, and it's also funny. Like one of my favorite writers of all time is Oscar Wilde, and in his day and age, you like he went to jail and he got out of jail, but it pretty much killed him. And it was for essentially being homosexual. There were accusations; people were underage. But it was Great Britain in the late eighteen hundreds. There's all sorts of weird crap happening. He just challenged the wrong powerful person. And he got thrown in jail for it and ends up dying, having a shorter life because of it. And it and his were his name is is scum. Like you do not mention the name of Oscar Wilde. Give it a few decades, he's now I'm talking about him. Yeah. And like and, there's and a comeback. As a genius, yeah. Right. And it makes me wonder so when I saw the the Louis thing, that oh, Louis will obviously come back. What he did could be a, a comedy bit in and of itself. I mean, it's going to be probably in his newest special. Then I like Aziz Ansari. Well, that's just silly. He didn't let me choose the wine. Right. That's when the whatever the Weinstein. I think is probably gonna have a bad day in court and good riddance in that regard. What Weinstein did was ridiculous. But does somebody like Bill Cosby come back? In my mind, I don't want him to. Bill Cosby will never come back. He will never come because. Actually, there. I if you try to watch an old Cosby episode, it's impossible. And, and let me say this because too. he's supposed to be the wholesome dad. Yeah, and it is just so disgusting. To Someone think who was totally railroaded on these issues long before the Me Too movement was Michael Jackson, who absolutely never did anything wrong. Exactly. Time. Period. End of story. Yeah. There's no credible allegation. Everyone who knew him as a child. Uh, absent these money-hungry people. Like Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, that Macaulay Culkin, yeah. Corey Feldman. They said, you know the guy. He's nothing like that. There's absolutely no truth. And he's dead now. It's not like he can come back on him. Right. They could they could spill their guts. And Corey Feldman has made it his mission to go after people who molest children. Right. You know, surely he would hang up Mike if he, if he could. Michael Jackson did not do a single thing that they alleged. Period. End of story. It was all money grubbers. It was all people who realized he was rich. And they were... He was their lottery ticket. And, and let's be honest, he's an eccentric guy. Sure. He, why does he have kids all the time? I, mean, I think it genuinely was he wanted to give children like this amazing experience. experience. Yeah. Like, I've got the money to do it. I didn't have a great... I worked what a terrible a childhood. Yeah. And, and he, wanted, he wanted kids from bad backgrounds yeah. to have great childhoods. And that's a laudable goal, and he gets crucified for it. Right. Yeah. And, and because the people who have lousy childhoods have lousy parents... You know, yeah. because they they're, they want money. So messed up. So anyway, I mean, it's it's. And he came back from it. He came back, and today his music's still being played yeah. because I think people realize deep down he didn't do anything. There's no right. way Michael Jackson did any of that stuff. Right. No way. And it it just it 
makes me though wonder what is the the statute of limitations on these new standards. But it's beyond just like the Me Too movement. It is generally social media, and I want people to grow up because when we say people are outraged for this, people are outraged at that. You can go, always find people who are outraged. You really can. And it, at a certain point, you have to go. Well, it doesn't matter if they're outraged. Right. Half the time, that's the point. Yeah. If you're doing comedy, if you're doing any time of entertainment, and, and deep down what we do is entertainment. I mean, we we, yeah. we keep people informed and entertained. Uh, you're going to outrage people from time to time. If you don't, you're not doing it right. Exactly. And that's actually, because I love talking about it, why I've really gotten into like how wrestling, professional wrestling works. Yeah. The psychology. There are people who... You make more money as a so-called babyface, as a good guy, because more people will buy your merchandise. That's a big way they make money, personally. There are some wrestlers who would get so into the heel thing, like Eddie Guerrero. He went to the company and said, stop selling my, my babyface stuff, man. Like, I don't want people wearing my stuff. Like, he wanted to be hated, because yeah. that's his role. Right. And why would you want to play that role? Because it gives you a, more reason for good guys. Right. It also lets people let out emotions. Like, there it was what I was talking about last night. Miserable things that happen to you, whether it's things out of your control or it's self-inflicted. Maybe I've heard people who are addicted, alcoholics, talk about how, and it's a weird thing to say, I wouldn't change a thing. And it's a weird... I brought it up because John McCain said it in his letter. For all the pain I went through in life, and even all the mistakes I made and disappointments, I wouldn't change a thing because it made me who I am. And so when you hear somebody who's gone through all sorts of crazy stuff, who messed up, to hear them say, I wouldn't change it, because you learn through those experiences. If the world is just soft play and nerfed everywhere, you're never going to grow, you're never going to learn, and you're never going to learn how to actually face real evil and real malevolence. You know, you mentioned earlier, all these people, if John McCain had become president, they would have called him a fascist, a racist, an idiot, and yet somehow an evil genius. They would have gone from the playbook. But what happens if those people actually run into a real evil dictator or fascist? They wouldn't know what to do because they wouldn't. Their card is shaming them, right. and it works. For, shame works against people who really care, who want to be in good standing, who actually care what other people think. But if you meet somebody who doesn't give a damn, who actually believes what Mussolini they believe, couldn't have been shamed. No, Hitler is not going to be shamed. Right. All sorts of bad guys are not going to be shamed, and they're going to use every advantage, including lying, to win. Right. And so. I, I just worry that there's too much of this given into people are mad. Who well, cares? Yeah, and and it's well, we don't have time to get into that. No, I was going to talk about the outrage machine on both sides, but it's oh, it's everywhere. It's too well, and and it also waters down when we should be outraged. Like somebody was murdered today in right. Montgomery. I don't know if it somebody was. I was an example. I'm sure, they were. But th yeah, we should have some outrage there, like real crimes. We should have some outrage. Like, there's all sorts of scandals that deserve real outrage, but when it's so overblown, everything's a Fox News alert, it yeah. just makes people like me go, eh, what the hell, I'm just going to have fun. Yeah. And it's hard to distinguish between everything. That's the thing, the, boom, the Fox News alert constantly. I'm like, come on. Right. I can't even watch Fox News anymore. I try. No, I get all my I news. can watch Carlson. I get it all from the internet. And no, I'm not... Like pigeonholed because of like the Google and Facebook, they're not monopolies. The internet's a big wild west still. 
You just got to do a little extra work. You can't. You can't get all your initial startup funding from the federal government and then claim you're immune from federal government. And what's their slogan? Don't be evil. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Joey, I appreciate it. This is fun. I appreciate it, Baron. Thank you. And again. Folks, subscribe if you couldn't hear the whole show. iTunes. Yeah. Search the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Hit subscribe. It'll pop right up on your phone. It's a good place you can listen to the show. Sit back, have a cocktail. Thank you for listening, folks.